so my name is Zach Schulman. I'm the program manager at Brooklyn Queens Land Trust, and um, we are here in the, the home of Mary Jones on Bainbridge Street um, as part of the Our Gardens, Our Stories, Oral History Project um, with Brooklyn Public Library and Brooklyn Queens Land Trust. And Miss Mary, would you mind um, introducing yourself? I'm Mary Jones, Central Bainbridge Street Community Garden, retired. All right. Um, and I'm Amelia Blancara. I'm also on the board of directors of Brooklyn Queens Land Trust uh, and a gardener at the Clinton Place Community Garden. Thank you both. Um, so, Ms. Mary, so how can you tell us like a little bit about how you first got involved with the garden? What the space was like? What it was like in the neighborhood at the time? And how you got involved? Um, when I first got involved, we had an empty lot, and uh, we called ourselves rock tossers. We had to throw rocks in order to get down to the soil, and uh, then eventually uh, Green Thumb was developing around that time, Now I'm talking about back in the 1970s, 1980. And, uh, we called them up and they, we didn't have a fence. And they put a, a turkey wire fence around our, our garden uh, on a Wednesday and on Thursday, some men wound it up and took it away. <laughs> the city put up the fence and then- They stole it. People stole it the next day. Yeah, and uh, so uh, eventually they gave us a better fence and we were able to still throw rocks because we didn't have lots of soil and yet we still tried to grow in the soil that we found. What what year was this? About what, about what year? Oh, back in the 1980s. 1980? 1980? 1980? Yeah, 1980. 81, 2, 3, all the way up until we finally had, we were the first garden that was renovated and they dug up all of the rocks and cleared it out, put in what they called good soil. And uh, we were the first ones to get a gazebo. That was around the same time. Oh, that was 1990 when we finally got everything from Giuliani. And uh, We developed the garden and we got more and more materials. All thankful to the land trust. We were the, the first. And uh, by Memorial Day in May, the end of May, uh, we uh, were more or less uh, officially open because that's when they finished the work, just before that. So when you say the land trust, was that the Trust for Public Land or Brooklyn Queens Land Trust? Trust for Public Land. Okay. Uh, and uh, we had one of their um, agents to work with us.
Paul Copa. He sat with us every day and the people who did the work uh, somewhere very handy. We used to watch them do the work and finally they got the work done. And uh, right after that, that's when we got the gazebo. So we were the first garden to get the gazebo. And this was in 1990? 1990. When we, because 1989, we were still having problems with, with the city not recognizing us after hearings and everything. I'm sure it was 1990. Okay. Going back, what, um, you know, so you mentioned it was the early 80s. Um, had you been in the neighborhood for a while? Were you new to the neighborhood at that time? Like what... And what, what motivated you to get involved with this lot? It didn't have a fence on it. You mentioned it was I moved filled here. with rocks. Right. Yeah. Uh, I moved here in 1978. Okay. And um, we had a block association. Although the block association wasn't in charge of the garden, but it was on our street. And uh, uh, block associations... Uh, were organized well they are organizations that um, things happen in a legal way and uh, we went through everything and uh, uh, we stood together and uh, we got it done and there were people from across the street across the street from this house it's a brief work projects people from there neighborhood people helped with the garden and we got it together. And what, why, why the garden? Like, why, of all the things that may have been happening in anyone's life at that time, why was this, what felt important about this garden, about this space? Why take that on versus something else or in addition to something else? I, know, I think there seemed to be a pleasure to do it for us. Uh, the people on uh, Bainbridge Street, on this side of the street. We had backyards and we had front yards. But the people in the projects didn't have have that, you know, and then people on another street, Decatur Street, they were the instigators, the ones who I call instigators, who um, they uh, were the ones who did the most throwing of the rocks along with me and the people on this side. But Decatur Street and Bainbridge Street were the ones who did the work and organized the garden. And so you, you talked about, you know, tossing rocks, getting a fence put up, the fence was stolen right away, getting another fence. What did, you know, beyond those initial steps, what did the garden look like in those days? Well, we started to, there were some groups that came along that, uh, helped us to form the boxes, although we got our husbands and what, you know, we women did most of the work. And um, I forgot the name of the group, but they were people who had jumps, turnstiles, and they were, they were doing their, uh, what do you call it, the day work or? Day labor or community service. They were doing like community service instead of going to sit in the precinct. Or, okay. 
and uh, we used to uh, buy lunch for them all, and they would build boxes for us, and uh, I and and we used to get soil deliveries. I think from from. Um, Uh, first, uh, the first line group was um, Green Thumb. Green Thumb. Green Gorillas. Right, Green Thumb. Okay. Green Thumb really, really helped us. And it was later on that Green uh, Gorillas came along, and we certainly appreciated Green Gorillas. What, what was the group like at that time? I mean, you mentioned there was the Block Association you were involved, and you know, talked about some neighbors. like. It was so it was mostly women. women. It yeah. was all women. Uh, we couldn't get the men to help us either. We, we couldn't get the husbands to help us, boyfriends, whoever they had. And when I said before tossing rocks, we used to toss them next door. What was next door? Another empty lot. Okay. It was uh, a house on the corner which had not been renovated. This is on the Bainbridge side? On the Bainbridge okay. on the corner of... Bainbridge and Patchen Avenue. So we had the garden, which was like a hundred by a hundred, something like that. But right next door was an, it was like an abandoned house, which is now beautiful. And we used to throw the rocks over the fence, or if there was a fence there, we used to toss the rocks next door. We'd get down to the soil. And we would buy soil to, you know, bags of soil and plant stuff. And uh, we had some kids who used to climb over our poor little fence and throw our tomatoes into the street. After we got the tomatoes growing, but soon that all stopped because they grew up a little bit, you know. The kids more than the tomatoes. Um, the kids grew up. To, yeah, I used to take the tomatoes and throw them over the fence. Mm -hmm. What else were you planting? Huh? What were what other plants, crops, uh, trees? Green and peppers, what, yeah, green yeah. peppers, and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other things. And they they grew peas, uh, beans, um, cucumbers. Uh, that's a fast growing plant, and uh, of course. Everything grew pretty good, and uh, everybody seemed to go out and take care. They all go out at the same time, but they would go out and take care of the plants and make sure. And uh, they grew okra, and uh, by the way, if you spank an okra, it'll grow faster for you. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, uh, and someone said it, and so I tried it. So one lady planted 10 okra plants. And she really was hesitant. And I said, look, do this. Take some weeds, some grass, and you go and spank them. So the next day, the three that I spanked were two inches taller than the rest of them. So she spanked all the rest of them after that. <laughs> and how was her okra crop that year? Yeah, she had too many okra that year. <laughs> And the, the, that was one of, one of the hits. I used to give those little tips, and other people used to give tips, too. Mm -hmm. So that's when you can give the people it works. All right. Were, were there other crops that were, not just crops, not just food crops, but were there other plants 
or trees that you guys were growing that stood out or were notable or particularly important? Well, we found, that, uh, we found that uh, vines did not like marigolds. They would go and grab something else, but they'd go across a marigold. And mosquitoes didn't like marigolds. And we found that, I said it one time, and then someone said, Mary, I found this in a, a Reader's Digest or something like that, that mosquitoes don't like marigolds. And uh, we had, uh, we didn't like vines. Uh, everyone had their own box, you know, as we had it sorted out that way. And uh, we hooked up hoses, we, we did stuff. And eventually, to bring things up to date faster, we were the first garden that got electricity. And that's because the people who wanted to renovate next door uh, wanted to use our garden for six months. And so I, so we said, what's in it for us? And we were, they immediately said, okay. And the people that own that, those houses, do you know who owns them? I don't know. Victim services. Interesting, okay. And then they just spent a million six hundred thousand dollars on that complex you might see as you leave. You'll see some house, some new a complex. And all the way down to the corner and across the street. And uh, the people in those houses, I don't even think we had two of them who helped us in the garden. They weren't interested. You know. But uh, we grew a lot. We had our boxes, and uh, so uh, today they're still they're still down there. But I don't go down there anymore. I retired. How many years were you involved with the garden? I think I quit around. Uh, what I did was I, I plagiarized somebody's bylaws <laughs> from one of the other gardens and uh, made bylaws for us and put in what we needed to put in. And then I retired and that might have been 19, I forgot. It was a, a few years ago. Okay. It seemed like it was like five years ago, but uh, it could have been more than five years ago. And I've been very happy, you know. And the people that have it now, there's still some of the people there who were there in 1999, which is when we first got it from Giuliani. Is that right? That sounds right, in 99. Yeah, because 2000 was when things really started to happen, really started to go for us. Yeah, there was a lot going on in 99, 2000, and 2001 with the... Yeah. The lawsuit and the, the, the I went to um, they used to have the rallies down at City Hall and uh, people could go in and testify and uh, 
I did too. They had an article of mine in the mag in the magazine. I think that was this in the nineties. Yeah. It was in the 90s, okay. but during Koch's time, I think he's the one that uh, we fought with more, I think, um, okay. uh, because, well, there's another group that used to say these empty lots should, or these, these abandoned houses should be given to people so they could renovate the houses. So they had that going too, uh, but uh, ours was to fence off these... Um, rock gardens uh, are these rock spaces because people are dumping their garbage so and were people dumping on they, they were dumping as well? old mattresses you know things they didn't do it with us because we put up our wire fence okay and i think they've they been dumping before i imagine all, okay. all of those empty lots were getting trash that they didn't need bottles glass people throwing breaking but you know yeah and when so you mentioned you went to testify for yes. hearings or rallies what can you tell me more about that it was funny now I'm gonna say this and I don't and I, I I went down to testify and um, there were people waiting there, there were clowns there was one man from I think the Bronx who said Something about beans. You, you ever know him? Uh, he told me he was from, he told me where he was born at. It was something about beans, no beans, or. Ah, never mind. I won't try to, okay. to repeat it. But he was funny and he had on like a clown's outfit, not a face and all that, but okay. he used to dress fancy, have a sign. And uh, he had something that rhymed with no beans. And uh, so it was. It was okay. It was tiresome to go over in the train, you know, to go over. But it was something that people had to do. And from that day to this, I met people that I never forgot. Uh, who went as well, and I met them that way. You know, Edna Wade. Yep, from Contented uh, Heart Garden. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she was one of the originators of her garden. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, what's the name on Pacific Street? Pacific, do you remember Pacific and what? Or which street? Street. Um, um, that's uh, Westbrook Memorial Garden? No, no, no. Or United Herkimer Garden? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Herkimer and Nostrand. What, what's her name? Um, uh, Patricia Farine. She she's still with us, and yep, I'll probably is, yeah. call her up today. And uh, there were a number of people that I still talk to all the time, and uh, they still have the garden. Something's happening with hers now. I don't know what. I'm gonna have to help her out some. I don't know what's going on, and stuff like that. But uh, there were people that I met. Uh, I met. Uh, you don't know Bishop O'Neill. She was no. a lady bishop. She she uh, used to go to the meetings too. She didn't have a garden to go to, you know. And she joined our garden. She used to like to snip the weeds. <laughs> and uh, then of course you know some of the garden and and Mr. What's his name out in uh, Brownsville, East New York. 
All of us are getting well, older now. Hmm? Um, I have there aren't any BQL tea telephone. gardens in Brownsville, but there are some in East New York. Um, Thinking of Thomas Walker. That's him, Thomas yep, Walker. He's still around. And uh, I talk to him uh, every once in a while, and I wish everybody well. You know, we're all growing older now, but he uh, he's trying to contain his garden and uh, uh, we all want the gardens to continue you know but we couldn't get young people to be interested we still can't so Zach it's up to you now to get some young people interested <laughs> in doing this because uh, Demetrius is still around uh, and I guess his garden is doing okay I forgot the man's name. We used to work with him. Is he still with us? Joe Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, he's, so. he's still around. He's still with Glass and Fulgate Garden. He used still to working love, with Demetrius. He used to have beautiful, I think, cabbages or something in his garden. That sounds so, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so there are a lot of people that that I used to know, and still know. And mm-hmm. so at the so, when you when you met these people and and as you're working together, like what were you? What or how were you working together? What was happening? Um, so, you know, some of, the, some of the names I can't remember, but I can describe them to you and you can know who they are. The one who works for the state senator. Irene Van Slyke? Yeah. Irene Van Slyke. I worked with her on, in the forming committee of Brooklyn Queensland Trust. And uh, she's still with them. I yeah. think and yeah. She's yeah, she's on the board of, sure. of BQLT. Yeah. She she's she's active and it's great. So all of those people I was with them I worked with them and I hope that they enjoyed working with me. You know? And we used to give affairs one time all by myself. I went into a supermarket and I said, I always buy stuff. Can you give me, you know, uh, some kind of a gift certificate or something? And they, they shot out, I think, about $120 worth of stuff. And then I got um, one of the, who was a, a vice president of the garden uh, to pick me up with all this food that they brought downstairs. At the time, it was Pathmark, I think. And no, it wasn't. Well, it was Pathmark as well as the new one that's there now. But uh, the thing is that uh, we had some affairs where we had to provide food. So I know of two. One was a reunion, and we, everybody took a picture, and we had this thing, and I made some uh, barbecue spare ribs, and they smelled so good. And I, I think I had about a teaspoonful. <laughs> <laughs> They went before it got to me, you know, and uh, we had a big celebration. Uh, where do we have that celebration? You might know. You were Green Gorillas at the time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I can't but remember. But where, wherever it was, somebody chose the place. And, uh, and uh, so we used to uh, have big celebrations where we served food. And the biggest celebrations is when they have the convention. I call it convention. The yearly it's coming up soon. The annual meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, the are you thinking of the annual meeting? Uh, yes, it's gonna. I call it convention because okay. everybody gets together. 
and uh, the people out in uh, Flatbush, was Veronica Street or something like that. Rogers Tilden, Veronica Place, Carter. Oh, was that it? Yeah, Veronica yeah. Place, something like that. Uh, they used to bring the best food. I don't know if they still do it or not. But, uh, you know, there, it was always nice. I always enjoyed being with um, Brooklyn Queens uh, Land Trust and with the New York Land, the head people. Um, they came to our garden one time and uh, whenever they would come to the garden, we'd give them a bag of goodies. And I used to give out, I used to, we used to buy fruit and something else and put in a paper bag and uh, and I'd always put in something that's like called a dishwasher. I don't know if you ever got one. It was like a plastic handle that's hollow and it has a sponge on the end and they're excellent. And uh, one time uh, the New York uh, group came over to visit us and uh, what was the man's name who was the head of New York? He still is, I guess. New York. What, what was the it? New York What's it called? Land Trust. The Manhattan Land Trust? Manhattan. The Manhattan Land Trust. Um, there's well, Genevieve Outlaw is the president now. Who? Name is Jenny or Genevieve oh, no, Outlaw. I don't know who was president anyway, before. Anyway, he was yeah. the first one for us, and he okay. was there a long time. And uh, so they came uh, either twice in a season or either two years in a row. And uh, when he got his bag of goodies, he came to me and he said, Mary, how come I didn't get a, a dishwasher this time? I said, you didn't get one? Because I brought enough down there. And uh, I had them open up another bag and give it to him, and he was a happy man. <laughs> and uh, what was his name? He was, he was very famous and popular with us. And uh, he, he, he liked the, the dishwasher. Uh, one time the bicycle people came through on bicycle day and uh, I, uh, I didn't auction them off, but I, I had numbers down, I just, and I think I had enough for everybody to get, to get a dishwasher. I used to order them, you know, I keep them. I, matter of fact, uh, I might have some, I give you two, one each, before you leave. And, uh, and they're, they're nice. Now, I don't tell everybody where they are. <laughs> All right. So I should have two in there. And uh, the people I used to buy them from, I don't even know if they're still in the business. And then finally, they wanted to know where I got them from. And I said, well, then they start printing the telephone number on the on the package. So I gave that up. I said, yeah, you want to look on the... And uh, so we had a lot of fun doing that. We always gave away stuff. I always did, too. You were going to ask a question earlier, Amelia. Oh, no. Was it, was the chant, uh, no justice, no peace? Maybe was that it? Right. It was uh, no justice. I don't know if it was no justice. It might have been no justice, no peace yeah. instead of no peace. 
Yeah. What was his name? He he told me he was from was Iran. Arash. Yes, that was his name. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I like that. So is he still with us? He's still around. Good. He still does garden work. Yeah, no justice, no peas. That sounds like something. And he used he would to say. have all the sign. He used to have peas all over his body. Oh man, you know what? I'm so glad you came. Because it brings back so many memories to me. And thank God everybody that we talked about is still around, including me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, th those were some of the the, the, the things that we did, some of the good times, and uh, the conventions were good for a while, and then I, when I stopped going, something started to happen, I don't know, people had ideas about different things, but I think uh, Brooklyn Queens Land Trust, tell me, you tell me, how did we grow? How do we grow, or how did we grow? How have we been growing? We, when I left, I think we had 23. I know that Flatbush broke off. Tom, oh, there were some, some gardens in, in downtown Brooklyn and Park Slope that, right. that separated. And I mean, there are 36 gardens in PQLT right now. 34 of them are owned by PQLT. Two of them are under lease arrangements. One with HPD, or was with HPD, is now with the Parks Department, and then another with the MTA. So we've grown quite a bit. So what about the one up in Queens? Wasn't there something up in Queens? Up at the... Uh, Merrick Marston the end of the too. highway, huh? Merrick Marston too. Oh, I never knew the name of it. That's a, a garden that we added after the conveyance um, that's in Jamaica, Queens. And Mr. Smith out in, uh, is he in Jamaica? Was he was. He passed a few years ago. No. Uh -uh. No, I talked to him. Uh, I talked to him. Uh, not Smith. Uh, okay. Mr. Belton? Uh-huh. Uh, see, I'd have to take out my telephone okay. because... Uh, in Jamaica? Moses Smith was a gardener in Jamaica. Not Moses Smith. Oh, I don't know. He, okay. I know when he passed. Okay. Uh, they were, oh, somebody, I thought it was near Jamaica that time. His name wasn't Small. What was his name? Uh, he had the same last name as the lady who passed. Uh, I thought his last name was Smith, but maybe, maybe it wasn't Smith. Anyway. I talk to them from time to time, and the one I'm talking about is still with us, as far as I know. Okay. That means that today I'm going to call a lot of people up. I'm not going to tell them that I talk to you because they'll want to talk to you too. I and would love to talk I, to more people. Okay, I was so. going to say I don't want to. I don't want to make them jealous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I ask? So, like, you know, you were involved with the garden. You mentioned from around 1980 until about five years ago, so around 2012. So it's about 32 years. It's a long time. What, I mean, how did the garden evolve? You talked about the early early days, and you talked a little bit about the late 90s, but you know, in between the early 80s and the mid to late 90s, and, and through, you know, the 
early 2000s, how did the garden change? I mean, who was involved? What did the space look like? What did the neighborhood look like around it? Um, this neighborhood was always quiet, uh, except, you know, the time when the kids threw the tomatoes. But um, as you see how quiet the street is now, we never had a lot of children. So we never really had a chance to, they just weren't interested in gardening and dirt and stuff. And uh, uh, the women who were in it were in it, they stayed in it. Very, I don't think any of them really quit. Um, some of them moved away and, uh, but they did get tired. I must say, in our garden, uh, what happened was that uh, we'd have an affair, maybe we sell the f some of the food to raise some money. And we were, we were one of the first ones to get the potty stand. And um, eventually, I, was, I couldn't make anybody take over as the president. And um, they sort of got a little bit lazy to the extent of not having energy to serve people when they when they came in and stuff. They just did what they wanted to do. And like we had one group will set up the tables and chairs and another group would handle the food and either give it away or sell it, whatever we did. Yeah, we'd have a fish fry. And we used to sell food. We used to make uh, money for the treasury. Yeah. And uh, after I left, I don't know who became the president because they didn't do it that way. Why, why did you leave the garden? If you want to talk about it. I don't care. I'm out of it for a while. There were some changes. Uh, there was, uh, I'll tell you where these men came from. Old men, uh, they got dismissed from a senior citizen center. So one man was like the leader. He used to come in, I want to see you the leader. I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. Don't talk to me for Things like that. And eventually, he got one of his men to start a box who supposedly did a good job on another street on Fulton. And uh, the man was a strong, mean-tempered person. And uh, one of the last conversations I had with that person was because my brother were two doors away and he did some backyard cleaning up and he shredded, they shredded trees in the front. And this man had joined one week before, which I had told them over the phone. They called me up 7 o'clock at night on summer. I said, we don't have any space. That's by the side door. Some of the members, old members, we have space. By the time I get in there the next morning, the man has a box with, with plants in it. He told the people when they shredded the shreds, now, the man across the street who was our vice president, the day before, showed him a new weed whacker or 
you know, cut the grass. This man comes up the block and tells these people when they're shredding, drop the shredded wood down at the corner. So by the time I know anything, he's got all of those chips all over the garden. So uh, naturally, I say, you're not supposed to do that. You just joined a week ago. You come in there, you take it over and stuff. And we had a little bit of an argument. I sat there with my telephone on 911 ready to hit the key. But nothing happened. The, the vice president uh, was standing by me, and some of the old members sort of backed away. And afterward, I, after it looked like it was really getting hot, you know, they approached, oh, can't we make peace? <laughs> don't, you can cut this part. And, uh, or if you don't want to, well, if you don't want to record it, yeah, you know, you say it. so then, uh, I stayed, uh, so I said, well, you're going to have to clean those chips. He says, I'm not going to clean up any chips. The two who said, oh, can't we be friends? They took all those chips out. They worked themselves. Of course, I called up, Demetrius and uh, they would I, I called them a few times they'd have to come down to the garden a few times about 12 or 15 men came into our garden because of that one guy and the, the one who who put the chips in was supposedly his cousin and uh, all of those men sort of they were quiet they didn't help anybody do anything. I don't care if they had to lift a rock. They didn't help us do anything. And uh, then I think they, they used to do stuff in the garden after I left to play cards. And do, I didn't care. I got to a point where I didn't care. And I just made up the bylaws as a contribution of myself, of which I plagiarized from one of the gardens on one of the streets here. Green Avenue, I think. And wherever I saw their address, I put mine. You know, <laughs> I enjoyed that because it was easy to do. And uh, so I don't know what they live by now. They're doing whatever. They're free agents down there now. And eventually, Brooklyn Queens Land Trust should check them out. I heard that things have happened. Okay. Yeah. Jack told me, he said that uh, he, he wouldn't tell me much. He just said that that happened one day and uh, somebody had a whatever. And uh, so I, I want the garden to do better. Uh, we used to be in the garden on a hot summer day. Sprinkle would be going. People would drive up, admire the garden. Grass was cut, the plants would grow. We were sitting in there enjoying ourselves. I don't know if they do that anymore. So this is a request since since we're talking. It would be good to uh, check them out during the summer to see who's doing what. Certainly. Yeah. We had two gates. They only use one now, only one person has a key. Everybody had a key before and things like that. So it's not as peaceful as it was then. And we didn't have all these little gates and stuff. It looks like a prison down there. 
when you see it, you know, everybody's, everybody has their portion blocked off. And the only place I ever saw that was um, on Marcy Avenue. But they were, they had to because they had a number of people. But down here, I think they just want to block off their stuff. So I don't know who the head person is down there. I don't know if they did this snow. I don't know. So that's what a retiree does. A retiree says, okay, thank you very much, goodbye. You know? And if you want to walk past or ride past, you do, and more power to anybody. What, um, you know, you definitely mentioned like some challenges. They need help down here. What was the most rewarding experience for you in the garden over the years? I think the most rewarding was the good times. The bad times didn't start until even the men were nice men. They were old men. They were nice men. They'd play cards and they'd be off to the side somewhere. They didn't dirty anything up, you know? Uh, but then there were people who would come in who were members, say after five or six o'clock, whatever, and then they, I don't know what they would do. So I, I came home, I didn't, you know. And uh, so everything was neat. They didn't do anything to, to make anybody throw them out. They were nice people, except that one guy. And I think he might be still there. And by the way, he didn't know how to prune. What was what was good about the good times? I mean, what the good it? times was when uh, we we could have things for ourselves, and when we invited people in, uh, there were times when we gave away free food, and there were times when we sat around and somebody would bring their kid in, and they pick up a blade of grass, and the mother would say, "No, they think you're gonna break something." Uh, we had one lady like that. Leave him alone. He's just picking up one, for one you know, picking up grass. And uh, it was nice when people would pass by and they'd smile, they'd stop, they'd look in. Sometimes, I guess, uh, you know, we'd have a flea market. We would, as I said, serve food free. And uh, we would sell food, too, to raise money. Yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you have support of like the local politicians, or um, when you said you had would have? Did we have politicians? Uh, yeah, would you? Yeah, yeah, sure. I had a picture that uh, lost. I saw it the other day, and I couldn't find it again. But I'm gonna have to be in touch with you when I do find the pictures. Uh, the uh, council, city council, and also the. The uh, the, uh, state senator. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the the city councilor, what was her name? I think she moved up now, I'm not sure. She had her first fundraiser in our garden. Matter of fact, we had meetings in the garden, and she came to a meeting. She used to work for transit. And one day she said she was going to run, and she wanted to know if she could have uh, 
if she could have a fundraiser in our garden. And uh, her brother brought in this big uh, thing, and they got a barbecue. And about five people showed up, but they had a good time. We sat, we sat, we weren't invited, we sat in the gazebo. When they finished, we closed up. And that was, who was our city council lady? Now? Uh, she, do you know who it is now? Is it Lori Cumbo now? Who? Lori Cumbo? No, the one before her. Was it Tish James? No, no, she was another Darlene Mealy. Mealy. Darlene Mealy. After she got elected, mm -hmm. I met her at a restaurant on the corner of Steins of um, Saratoga, the um, North Carolina Country Kitchen. And we had breakfast together about three days after she was elected, something like that. Because she had become familiar friends. She used to come to our garden before she got elected. And I parked across the street at the, um, uh, there's a, a check cashing place and also the restaurant, um, what was those restaurants, uh, sandwich restaurants, you know? Anyway, one of the restaurants. And little did I know that there was somebody spying, hiding in the restaurant that if you leave your car there and you don't go into that restaurant, they will take your car away and they took mine away. Oh. And uh, I didn't realize what was going on. And uh, so her car was parked correctly <laughs> against the wall. Mine was in the middle of it. So it cost me about maybe $150 to get my car. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Darlene Mealy, she stood there with me for a while. She had to go because her family was looking for her and stuff like that. So that's the one memory I have of my meeting with Darlene Mealy. <laughs> but she came to our garden many times after that. And the picture that I found the other day was a picture with her in it, but I let the picture get away from me. So when I find some of these things, you mind if I send them to you? That'd be wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I would love to look at them. Yeah. And I can either scan them or take pictures of them, copy mm -hmm. them, and then send them back. I think we're the first garden that had a band. What, what type of band? What was the event like? Uh, we, we wanted jazz. Okay. Uh, then one time we wanted... Uh, was it for a special event or just wanted to play? The event or? was the band. Okay. And, uh, and people, a, did people come out? Or was, it, you know, yeah. was it a fundraiser or just for fun? A or? fundraiser. Okay. But it wasn't much of a fundraiser. Uh, you know, and then to pay them, um, somebody helped us pay. Uh, I'm not sure if they charged 300 they paid 200 we paid 100 something like that. And uh, then eventually um, other uh, gardens started to have bands or singers or somebody come in there in their gardens. We started a whole lot of stuff. And uh, uh, that was one of the things I really liked because we didn't have the same band every time. And we had some good bands. We didn't know how good they were, you know. Uh, but there was an organization, and uh, I don't know if you knew this very tall man who uh, 
was an organizer, and I wish I knew him better, but I didn't know him. Do you remember the organization? Uh, it had something to do with the musical organization. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I met him when we were organizing, you know, to be a garden. Yeah, he was so one in of the those, early 80s. Yeah, when we okay. met in the YMCA. And uh, there was a, another organizer who, Ben, who uh, worked with us. Uh, and I, I don't know where he came from, you know? And uh, I still am in touch with a lot of them. So that's the good thing, you know? And I, I think they remember me, except I can't remember all their names. And the good thing is that Zach remembers me. And you remember them too, you know, like Darlene Mealy and things like that. Um, uh, uh, was it Montgomery, Senator Montgomery? Mm -hmm. She met many times and even met one time in a garden that Demetrius is in now, down in the back. We took pictures with her, just her, myself, and I forget the lady who was with us, who was the president of that garden. She passed. And uh, so the politicians. Gloria yeah. Fashion? Yes. Mm -hmm. See? And, and uh, so by you remembering their names and whatnot, it helps me out a lot. But uh, that's what we did. And I have pictures. I, I got a lot of junk too. So I'm going to be stressing by summer to unjump here. But the stuff over there, we didn't know from my brother's house but boy we left a lot of stuff in there you know and uh, I did the best I could do for her you know and uh, so uh, we were busy some of the stuff all around here stuff from there I got stuff in there you know and I have to clear it out this summer yeah so if you know anybody that needs a nice um, French provincial bedroom set, let me know. <laughs> All right. It's beautiful, you know. You don't make you don't see French provincial now anymore. Years ago, you used to ask for French provincial, you know. But I didn't get French provincial. I got Danish modern for my bedroom, you know. But French Provincial is a, it was a waste. What, um, so I mean, we only have a, a few more minutes, um, but what, um, well, I guess two questions. One is, do you have any other particular stories about the garden that you wanted to share? Anything that really stood out or anything, you know, any anecdotes? Well, I think, oh, uh, like say for instance that when we got uh, the shed, a lot of these things were paid for by uh, by New York, by the New York group. They had a fund. So the, tr the Trust for Public Land? Tr yeah. Um, 
they had a fund when they first took over. And since ours was the first of the first, uh, we probably got more than some others. And uh, the man that was with us was uh, Paul Copa. You heard of him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I talked to him about a month ago. Edna Wade said she talked to him as well. And he's still Paul Copa, still the same, wonderful guy. And uh, <laughs> we had some funny things that happened uh, down at the garden. But he helped us be responsible for getting that telephone. Uh, I'm sorry, the electricity. But we didn't get the telephone, the electricity. Um, it didn't cost anybody anything except the people, victim services, who were renovating the building. And uh, he stood with us with so many things in our garden. And at the time, I really didn't realize until he told me one day that we were the very first garden to get started. And uh, we got some things that I can't even mention, although they, what they did when he helped to get the, the electricity and everything that day for, you know, I said, what are we, you know, going to get? The people who, did, who he dealt with them, he said, let me talk to them, you know, let me talk to them. And he, they said some some things that were derogatory to a certain extent. And he stood there right in front of them and told me what they said. <laughs> we got the electricity, but they got some people put on the board of directors and they fired them sometime after that. So that's more or less the way I see it. Uh, uh, they, they got rid of him because they couldn't do anything with us. And they couldn't do anything with him. So they got on the board of directors and they filed whatever they wanted to do and then they, then they let him go. But he's still st striving and he's still uh, working somewhere for the city or somewhere. So I'm saying this because I'm giving us some kudos, kudos and hoorays and hurrahs because without Paul Copa, we wouldn't have gotten what we got. We wouldn't have done what we did do. Uh, he didn't ever come to our affairs. But if we needed something for the affairs, he was in the background, you know, like we got a lawnmower, we got the shed, we got this, we got the gazebo, all those things. He let us pick out the gazebo. I was one of the first gazebos that didn't have to get built in the yard. Our gate was wide enough. They brought it in on a, on a, a thing, 12 feet, and it was larger than most. And ours is not the square. You saw our, our gazebo. You think it's all right? It's beautiful. Yeah, I guess it's all right. And uh, so, we had some good days as a garden, you know? So I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, as far as myself, uh, I, I think I made three newspapers twice. 
and somebody who I never thought read the New York Times said I saw you in the paper. I said, hmm? So I don't know who told them about anything. I don't know anything. All I know is reporters came out. Yeah, I heard you on the, on the uh, audio clip. When mm -hmm. you were on the news, besides being uh, in newspapers, I think you were also, uh, because I'm doing research, you were also on NPR News. Mm, not that I know of. <laughs> I can I can send you. I think I think it was you. I can send you the clip. Oh, I'll well, send it to Zach. If you find it out, yeah. let me know. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know that. I just uh, was always surprised that I didn't invite them. They showed up, and I, I still wonder about it. Where they come from? And I had my cotton. Miss Mary's cotton patch was the first time and I had to sit down in the dirt so they could take a picture with me and the cotton plants. Why do you think that they chose you to, to come and talk to you? I had nothing to do with it. Mm. I just absolutely don't know. You know, I, I could say it was a blessing of some sort or this or that and as far as I know I never said anything to the people in the garden mm -hmm. because you never know when people get jealous or anything. So if they saw it, they saw it. And this one here, <laughs> this guy was not a real gardener. Uh, I think he really didn't like me, but he was wanted to be, you know. And uh, so we went over by an apple tree and you can see the blossoms in the picture of the tree and so I was like saying something about it and uh, as we were walking with the reporter from the from the gate to go to the apple tree I said you want to you want to get in this oh no no still with me. And so that's how he wound up in the picture. He didn't know anything about apple trees. He didn't know anything much about the garden. And his son, I, I used to tell the reporters his son was a Commodore in the Navy. I told him that his son uh, was uh, the head of a battleship or uh, an aircraft carrier. <laughs> Eventually he told me, yes, he was in the Navy and he was an officer or something, you know. But I, I don't even know if they put that in here. I don't know if they said anything about him or not. Did they? I didn't recall anything in yeah. the article. Do you mind if I just take another quick look at it? This, so he, he was he was like... Um, so this is from... What year was that? 2001. I wrote it down. May 3rd, 2001. So I yeah, from the New York 2000. Daily News. 2001. Wow. That was a long time ago. Not really that long when you think about it. But um, he, you know, he really had told people he, could, he hated my guts and stuff. So I, I used to say to myself, why is he here? Why is he there? Why is he, you know? But he had a chance to get in. I'm smiling there for some reason. <laughs> and his hand is on, on, the, on the bush. He never touched an apple tree before, I guess, in his life. 
and uh, the, 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 the flowers are beautiful, aren't they? And uh, so just the thought of it, I'm trying to see. Uh, I was just an ordinary person in there. Just an ordinary person, just like now, just an ordinary person. And I just think of the good times and near the end when we had an affair, I used to call up my goddaughter and her mother and I'd say, you want to come over? We're having something. They would bring their aprons with them and their gloves because they knew that the members were sitting down on, on me, you know. And uh, so we would get through a day. I had shopped six o'clock in the morning. I worked and did, I did some of, eh, some of everything. And then again, when you think about it, you wonder if people really appreciated it. But I appreciated it, you know. Uh, I I had the electricity put in where people didn't even know the method, you know, with the flaps so that if the weather was bad, they would be, and you know, and uh, well, my job, I was with New York Telephone Company to begin with. I went through a lot of different company names. When I retired, it was 9X. And uh, I was the first black switch woman. They had all men in this whole country, as far as I know, AT&T. And I was the second woman and the first black woman to become a switchman, which they are the people who provide, make sure you have dial tone. And there's like six months of training here and more training there. And uh, I won't talk about that so much, about how I got sabotaged and stuff, but I made it. And I was in switching from 19, from, I passed the test in December of 1990, 1969. And uh, I had to file a, a grievance almost because they kept saying they didn't have any openings in switching. And so what I did, uh, I called up the shop steward. I belonged to local 1101. And uh, so I called the shop steward and I, in the area where the employment office was. I said, are they hiring people? He says, yeah. I said, but they said they don't have any, any openings for, for me. You know, and uh, so they got rid of the second liner who hid my my uh, my passing grade in his drawer. And I took the test on Monday, and I kept forgetting my my super. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna find out Friday after all of that time, because if you didn't pass the test by the time you got back to the office, they would tell you. And they didn't tell me, so I said, hmm, pretty good, you know? And so that Friday at about 4.30, I stopped my supervisor, because every day she was on her way to get it. And I said, did I pass the test or not? You know, I'm going to go find out now. She had said that all week, so finally I waited, and she said, you passed. Then I still was in the office a couple of weeks, and... 
the work that they had me doing, I would actually fall asleep. And the supervisor said to me one day, uh, she happened to be a, a black supervisor, and she was my supervisor, because I just was moving around the office. At that time, we had teletype, believe it or not. And I had to pass a, a tape through for finals when people had their phones connected and stuff. And I used to sit there, and I used to start out, and next thing I know, I was waking up. And she, she started saying, you know, you have to do better if you want to keep your job and this and that. And I said, uh, I'm waiting for one thing. I said, by the way, I said, did you, did you pass the test for switching to become a switchman? She says, no. I said, did you take it? She said, yes. I said, you, you didn't pass it? She said, no. I said, well, I did. And the only thing I'm doing is trying to get out of here, you know? So that's, that's some of it. And then later on in, in switching, uh, they sort of sabotaged me every once in a while. And uh, we had to take a test to, to get into the next level of switching. And I called up someone who was in the level and said, what do you need to do? He says, uh, we had to do um, this certain kind of algebra. So on the way home, I stopped in the library and wrote a book about it. I passed the test. I go in the office, all these guys who, like 15 guys, everybody was nervous about taking the test. They were all failing the test. So they said, here comes stupid Mary. So I went in and they said, oh, here comes stupid Mary. And I said, oh, did you pass the test? No. Did you pass the test? No. All 20 of them didn't pass the test. I said, well, I did. So the next time you call me stupid Mary, you think about yourself or something like that. You know, so sometimes you might find out women have to work their way through and have to, sometimes, don't take me, we have to know a little bit more than the other person, especially when they look down on you like you can't do something. And so I was in switching, and uh, from 1970 until, because then after that I went to some kind of computer stuff, which was dirty work, but it was switching. And I retired in 1989, three days before my birthday. I was 50-something. I was 50-something. And uh, during that time, you hear people talk about uh, the taxes. Uh, this one lowered the taxes and all that. And before I retired, all the tax loopholes ended. <laughs> so when I retired, I filed my taxes. I had a few shares of stock in Schwab. I said, make the check out to, US, to IRS. Make that check out to New York State tax. And it probably, I don't know if the city tax, I don't know what it was. And then I had nothing. If I didn't have my pension, I personally wouldn't have had anything coming to me. The taxes 
hurt me. But AT&T, when they did a triple split one time, I sold mine on Thursday and it split on Friday. So on Friday, when it split, I told my supervisor, one of my supervisors, I said, you know what? I sold my whatever number of shares I had. I didn't tell him. I said, I sold my shares of AT&T at a high price. I said, now they had a triple split, and now it's like $2 a share or something. He said, yeah. So I guess he still had his AT&T shares. So, you know, and I said that to somebody one time. They knew the exact date that it happened. And um, I saw something on TV the other day about how the stock was during the time of such presidents and whatnot, and how Trump lost all his fortune his airplane, his yacht, some of his other properties. And that particular year was around that time when the taxes went the wrong way. And uh, so when people say that uh, that Reagan uh, did so much for taxes, I know when it started. It started that he had, I couldn't take my, my son's college tuition off. That, that was ended. Uh, this one was ended, that was ended, uh, if you lost money on stocks, that was ended, all of that. All those loopholes that started, ended under Reagan. So that when they talk about Reagan cut taxes and gave people such a break, yeah, but he took it back. So, you know, when you hear that, if you read up on it privately, you'll find out that whatever was given was taken away. And uh, so when I retired, it was taken away in 1989. Yeah, I think I was 54 when I retired. That's not a bad age to retire, you know. But I, I, I gave all my money to the IRS 